welcome to my podcast and we are behind the scenes as ever at the real Downton Abbey which is in fact an incredibly busy castle taking on many different roles and a long-standing role we've taken on is as a supporter of a wonderful charity called Starlight and it was founded by my guest today Emma Sands. Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. And I think we have been organising an event for Starlight for the last 20 years. It should have been That's one right. more, but of course we got stopped yes. by COVID. It's coming up for our 20th anniversary event, which is extraordinary. And, and it's lovely for me to be able to thank you in person. Oh, well, no, it's a... Every single year, I think everybody here finds it very moving and I hope we make some sort of contribution to your great work. But I think you founded it a few years before 20 years. It was about 36 years ago, you tell me. It's, it's yes, of course, it's hard to keep track and I always get, <laughs> I always get the, the, the amount wrong, but it's, it's 37-ish, I think, here in the UK. We started in the States a little bit before that. So can I ask you, why did you start this particular charity? I had a brother, Jamie, who uh, was a year younger than me. And when he was eight and I was nine, he got a disease called aplastic anemia. And within months, he had died of that. And as you can imagine, for a family, that was just... Beyond. Beyond. I can't even imagine now, Mm -hmm. having children of my own, how my mother and father dealt with that. But as a sibling of a child that was first of all unwell and then who had died... I was completely, my whole life turned upside down. You know, there was nothing I could do to help my parents with what they were going through. And I was the second child, the second daughter, and I was just the one who used to run around taking care of people. That was just my sort of role in the, in the family. And I could, there was nothing I could do. I made cups of tea, you know, for my parents. I saw my grandfather in tears, and, and that was shocking and mm. something that's never, ever left me as a memory. It was the most appalling thing to go through. And my poor brother, he was, you know, in a lot of pain towards the end, and there was nothing we could do to help him. It was just shocking, the experience. And I was nine, so that sat with me through... At the time, I was just heading off to the Royal Ballet School, where I was a student for six years, and then had to stop that because I had an injury, and I ended up doing some modelling, and then I went into acting and ended up incredibly fortunately getting some very good jobs and then I realized that if you're an actor or an actress I still say actress um, I'm never quite sure what to I say know, yes <laughs> yes I was st- sticking with that for now anyway that it gives you this amazing gift of a platform that mm. you can use for things that you can draw people's attention to something that's important to you mm. or you can ask people favors that was the other thing I realized So I actually befriended, because the premiere of the first film that I did was to benefit Great Ormond Street, which is the hospital that my brother had died in. Yes. The day of the... Can I ask you, what was that premiere? What was the film? Oh, the film was called Arabian Adventure. It was shown on, on at Christmas time for many years. It was a family film. I was a princess. I rode on a magic carpet. Oh, it was all lovely. yes. It was it was all fairly standard uh, Arabian adventure stuff. But it was it was a sweet mm. film, and very exciting for me because it was the first job. 
that I had had as an actress. And I was the, the female lead in it. And it was Amazing. with Mickey Rooney and Christopher Lee and just the most fantastic cast. And Oliver Tobias was my prince. But the premiere was a royal premiere. It was to raise money for Great Ormond Street. And they showed the film to the children at Great Ormond Street the same day as the premiere. It was a, a children, family film. Mm. And then the day after, I went to visit them all because they might recognize me as the princess. And just walked around, just chatting to different kids and their families, and met this one little boy called Sean, who was just about to go in for a big surgery on a brain tumor. And he had tubes everywhere in him, everywhere that you could imagine in preparation, because they were operating through the back of his mouth. So they had to immobilize his head. He had screws into his skull and into his pelvis, and he was being fed through another tube. And, and bless him, you know, he was still this feisty little 11-year-old boy. And I said to him, so what did you think of the film? Did you see the film? Yes, I saw the film. Well, what, did, what did you think of it? And he said, rubbish. <laughs> 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 so I, I was, you know, pretended to be mortally offended, but we had such a laugh and, um, and became instant friends. Mm. And I got to know his, his parents and kept in touch yeah. because the nurses called me the next day and said, is there any way that you would promise to come back after his surgery? Because it would give him something to look forward to. Yes. Because it really cheered him up meeting you. I think it was all the insults he liked. <laughs> and I said, of course, of course. But, but so I became friends with him. And sadly learned that the surgery had not been able to remove all of his tumor and that he therefore didn't have long left. And in the meantime, I had moved out to Los Angeles, as one does as an actress, and um, realized that, you know, his... his absolute wish was to go to Disneyland and at that time there was only one Disneyland they hadn't even opened the one in Florida so I made arrangements for him to fly out him and his mum wow and and brought him out to to stay with me and and to uh, in fact we stayed with my cousin because I didn't have I was in a one one room apartment because yeah. I still hadn't got any work in Los Angeles at that point and we took him around, you know, we, we went up and down Rodea Drive, which is the fanciest street in, in Beverly Hills. We couldn't buy anything, but one very nice shop let us have some coffee and gave us biscuits. Everyone was delightful, and mm -hmm. he had the best time, and we took him to Disneyland. Thanked him very much, because he was in a wheelchair, meant that we didn't have to stand in the queue. They put us to the front of the queue, so he was the hero for all of us for that. And we just had a marvellous mm -hmm. time. And I had one conversation with him that was heartbreaking, because he would often say that, he wanted to be a vet when he grew up, because often people would ask that question, and he loved animals. And one evening he said to me, you know, I only ever, I only say that I want to be a vet when I grow up, because he said, and I know I'm not going to grow up, but it makes my parents feel better to hear me say it. And that sort of generosity from a 12-year-old just blew me away. And, and, and he didn't live much longer after he had had his visit to Disneyland in Los Angeles. But it absolutely made me think, gosh, you know, that was sadly the highlight of his life. And to see the look on his face and to see the look on his mother's face as she was watching him, I just thought I've got to do more of this for other, other kids who, you know, it wasn't that much of a hardship for me. But it meant so much to him and to his mother. And it gave them a, a joyful memory when there weren't many of those around at that point for yeah. him and her. So my cousin, who had let us stay in his apartment, said, right, well, we, we must... We must Make a proper charity. <laughs> Let's do this properly. And that's how Starlight yeah. began. How amazing. So you started out in America? Yes. yes. That's where I was living at the time. 
And then as my career progressed, I could ask more people for more favors. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and did. In fact, I always used to say that your worst punishment would be to sit next to me on an airplane <laughs> on a long flight. Because no matter what your career, your job, I will have found something you can do for Starlight by the end, by of, the the end of it. <laughs> oh, God, how amazing. It has changed the lives of so many children over here. And, and what struck me over time is to start with how many of the children did not have long to live after their their wish and their what where they and their family travelled or went or met. But actually, as we've all gone on, the treatment and the surgery has improved, and many of the children who come have these highlights in their lives and also are able to live a bit longer, which is also um, very fulfilling. And I think it gives them positive moments, which help them and their family, whichever the way the prognosis goes. Well, Starlight Now is is very focused on making the experience of being in the hospital mm. and the recovery afterwards. Because mm. as you say, so many more now because of wonders of science mm. and medicine. So many, so many children do survive. But making their experience in hospital more positive, which if you can encourage children to play... The power of play is huge, mm. and and that can transform their experience of being in hospital, which helps them heal. Um, it, it, it helps them physically and mentally. Um, and so Starlight is very focused on making sure that every child who's in hospital is able to have an opportunity uh, to play, because it is therapeutic and then some for them to have that chance. And, and it is not just a, shouldn't be just an opportunity, it should be right for a child to be able to play because it is so important to children. It is, and it's also the colours as well. And I've sometimes been rushing to the local hospital here because my son had very bad asthma when he was younger. And you'd end up going there and my husband driving and I'd be holding him as a baby with a toddler or as a young boy in the middle of the night. Always happens in the middle of the yes. night. And you're so desperate to get there and you're so desperate for the oxygen. And after two days, you're so desperate to get out because it's just enervating it has nothing to do and you know you're sleeping on a bed on the floor next door to him obviously and there is nothing it they well, are terrible well now places. there is mm. and 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 that i'm very very proud to say is is in no small part thanks to the starlight mm. staff the researchers that starlight has employed the the marvelous health play specialists who starlight tries very hard to support and encourage and provide the equipment that they need and the tools that they need mm -hmm. because the health play specialists are so skilled at making the experience for children when they're hospitalized better which of course makes the experience for the parents better too yes well it gives you i mean i think that's that little word about hope isn't it i mean that's the one word we all need yes. even when there isn't so much hope it's something which takes us on to the next day yes and even if like your brother, what a legacy he's left for everybody else. I do feel that he had a very short life, mm. but his life has actually affected more people in this world than any of us will in our whole long lives. He's, um, he's in inspiration, and th what he taught me is, is, I think, very, very powerful. So that's an extraordinary thing. So it happens every May. I mean, you must come one year. I'm actually. coming this <laughs> next year. So, for sure. So we gather together um, teams of supporters here 
and we have a clay pigeon shoot so it's obviously not shooting anything other than clays it's the most amazing way to see the estate here because they're driving around and getting out and actually they spend most of the day eating (laughs) (laughs) yes i've heard that (laughs) food is excellent and then they come back here we all have lunch and then we have an auction a silent auction and see what other innovative ways we can come up with of prizing a little bit more money and support out of people and above all I also think so they also become ambassadors they understand what you're doing in order to share that story that you have and then share it with somebody else who might also have been affected and therefore wish to give support because it's always the personal stories that that walk a hundred times further than others isn't it it's so true and and I know from what I've been told by Kathy and and all the people at Starlight that it's a fun day but it's also a very moving day and and to yeah. do both of those in at one time is quite an achievement so so you have to bravo. manage it through the day yes. because <laughs> it, it does need to be fun or you're not going to go back and it's the same with yes. I think every charity because my number six sister's daughter had a liver transplant and really? as a baby and again we were helping her fundraise but again it's a heartbreaking topic and mm. it also requires donors as well as the surgery yes. And their chance of survival. And as well as that, it's quite hard to raise money for sometimes all of these charities because you need to make it a little bit more fun as well. Yes. But those many people who are attending are attending because they want to support the person such as yourself or my sister. So it is. And in her hospital, again, there wasn't very much support for her daughter to play. Well, hopefully. But hopefully, over time, yes, Rome was built in a day. Exactly. So we need more that, supporters. That's it, exactly. <laughs> but on another side, obviously as a career, you began as a princess. Yes. And have, haven't always been princesses in your roles on no. TV. No, I've, so. I've been everything from, from a princess to a crack addict. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's quite something. But I remember Dynasty, Dallas yes. and then Dynasty. Yes, yes. So Dynasty ran for quite some time, didn't yes. it? Yes, and I, I, I was lucky enough to be um, already on a, 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 a television show in America called... General Hospital, which is still running. It's been running for 60 years. I've been on what? and off. How many? 60. 60. Six zero. Yes. Six zero? Yes. Six zero years. It's a very long running show. It's, it's the longest running drama in, in, the, in world. the world. It must be. And I've been very fortunate to have played a character that's been on and off it for the last 40 years. Even since I moved back from America and live in the UK now, I still go and appear every now and then. I pop up on, on that show, same character, and working with the same people. So many of them are the same people. How amazing. It's such fun. I'm very lucky that they keep asking me back. So I wonder uh, if Danton will go for 60 years. Probably <laughs> will, yes. <laughs> I can't imagine why no. it wouldn't if you'd let them. But as a result of being on that show, I got offered this other show, which luckily I hadn't seen, because otherwise I would have been so intimidated because it was such a big hit at the time, which was Dynasty, or Dynasty, if you're American and listening to this. Yes, I have to say both now, because otherwise I get in trouble with half of the audience. (laughs) And so how many key characters are in Dynasty or Dynasty? Gosh, I think the sort of main cast was about 15 to 20 of us. I played Fallon, but I was the second actress to play Fallon because it had been previously played by Pamela Sue Martin, who left willingly, so it wasn't that she'd been fired because that would have been awkward to have 
taken over from someone who had been fired. But so they had a they had a, a job available, and um, luckily Aaron Spelling, who was our producer, his daughter Tori Spelling, who went on to be a, a star herself. But at the time she was fifteen, she watched General Hospital and nudged her father one evening and said, "Oh, there's an actress on that show you might like to have a look at." And sure enough, I got called in for a meeting. Wow. Didn't know that was how it had come about. And they looked at me and went, oh, you could be the next Fallon. And I was, oh, 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 thank you. How amazing. And sure enough, ended up on Dynasty or Dynasty. I know, uh, very muddling now. But my parents were thrilled because that was the first time there was something that here in England that they could watch that I was in. So they, they were very happy about that. And how did they like your character though? Well, I think they probably were quite uncomfortable with some of the particularly bad scenes. I'm sure they, they didn't watch those with uh, enthusiasm. But mostly, I think they just realised that it was the essence of the show was so mm. camp and so fun and so silly, really. But they loved it, as mm. did UK and around the world. It was such a popular show. It was hugely popular. It was the show of the time, wasn't it? Yes, and, and I w- always felt very, very blessed to have been you know, pl- plucked uh, from another show and, and put into it. And I was very lucky. Everyone was very nice to me. Even Joan Collins was nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> she was my mother on the show, so that was fortunate. I remember that, but she was extraordinary. I mean, she is extraordinary. She is extraordinary, yes. I, I think I read she was 90 and still doing yes. Um, yes. the splits, probably, and exercising every day and She looks amazing. amazing. It's, it's very mm. inspirational. And, and, of course, actually, in general, she's very inspirational that she was... When she started on the show, she was what would have previously been deemed old, but now, thankfully, mm. mid-40s is not considered old. But mm. she was very glamorous and very attractive and very sexy woman. And that was a first, really, for American television. And she had been, wasn't it, with Olivia Oliver Tobias in the start? Yes. <laughs> so so we had some it. conversations about him. <laughs> yes. Well remembered, yes, absolutely. She's an extraordinary lady. So where did you go after Dynasty or Dynasty? Where where did you where did you head next in your career? Well the next thing I did really was to play a, a role which which was a pastiche of my own character on Dynasty, which is a very odd thing to do. So there was a comedy called Delirious. It was a, a movie with MGM and, and John Candy was the star of it. And it was set in the world of soap operas. And so I played a soap opera actress who was a fun. nightmare. But that was really, really good fun and very mm. silly. And of course working with John Candy was a real thrill. And it turns out that he is he was sadly the nicest de- most decent kind man and very generous to work with and and very easygoing all mm. the things that comedians are usually not mm. he was and um he was extremely kind to me and um I, ha- I he made me laugh so much that the the makeup people had to have a word with him and say look she's laughing to the point where she's crying and messing up the makeup if you wouldn't mind just not talking to her in between scenes we'd really appreciate it wow well what a wonderful way to shoot a film yes exactly it was a joy it was an absolute joy to go to work and and I was very lucky to continue working after Dynasty stopped I was in another Erin Spelling show called Models Inc which was also very glamorous and great fun and I played a real villain in that which was the most fun of all is to play the villain and my character was very mean and nasty which was great (laughs) (laughs) Um, and of course dressed beautifully which was also great fun though it the more beautifully your character is dressed the more when you get home in the evening 
you wear the most comfortable clothes because if you've been in high heels and tight-fitting dresses and all of that at, since six o'clock in the morning, yes. you're absolutely desperate to just wear a tracksuit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to put on a tracksuit, for sure. No, definitely. Is there any role that you've particularly enjoyed or has made you laugh or stands out for a reason? Or is it... How I had a, at... I mean, the, definitely working with John Kenny, but also mm. I had the enormous pleasure of working with Peter Peter Ustinov oh, um, in a in a film for American television, and um, with Tony Curtis and Peter Ustinov, wow. and um, but Peter Ustinov was a dream come true. He was so smart and so funny. He was a legend. Yeah, mm. and so nice to everyone. Mm. He was as nice to the chap who made the coffee. Uh, and served the drinks as he was to the director. He was just the nicest, kindest man. And I would sit next to him whenever the opportunity arose, and he would just regale me with stories and make things up, or some were true and some weren't. And I, again, would be just laughing, but enraptured with everything he had to say. And and I was very sad when, when that film finished as well, though we were shooting in Acapulco, which sounds very glamorous, but... We were out on a boat half the time and everybody was getting seasick and it was, it was not as glamorous as it sounds. I suppose we're lucky enough to see behind the scenes here, which is mainly Carmen Rollers. And, yes. Um, yes. And hairnets. Yes. For men and women, actually. Yes. <laughs> That's about it. There's Ugg boots on the feet and phones in their hand and yeah. the crossword round the corner. And very early yes. starts. Yes. Which is very early demand. starts. Which And then trying to look glamorous from, you know, wearing an evening dress at six o'clock in the morning is just plain wrong. It is. Unless really you've had it on from the night before. In which case it's fine. You yes. just need a bit more of there of the dog. That's completely <laughs> fine. No, it, it has. It's been a, a extraordinary. Actually, I, I am um, in my university holidays worked for a theatrical agent called Julian Belfridge really? in my part time. So he had in his stable, if you like, John Hurt and oh my goodness. Dan Day-Lewis and Geraldine James <gasps> and Judy Dench and her husband and so many oh, wow. John Le Mesurier. So, so I was very privileged to have an, a glimpse into your world. Well, I, I, I'm not I, sure my, my world is, is <laughs> on that no, no, echelon. No, not at all. They were so nice and yes. so courteous. Yes. <laughs> so I got to know them and then I can't act at all. So I Did then, you ever try? No. Oh, well, then how do you know? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I question that. I don't. It's actually I'm not very sure. easy. My husband loves it. I mean, he's right. just give give him a. He's he's off. That's fine. But um, I I've ended up directing him actually, which is quite interesting. But I was only going to say. Then I then, funny enough, decided I enjoyed the world and it was fascinating and the content and the storytelling. Yes. I then went off and trained as a chartered accountant, thinking I'd oh. try and go back in that world right. on the finance of the other side of it. Right. But anyway, sadly, my father died and Julian died, and, every, and so my life took a very different bent. But it's curious that, that you know, God's having a laugh up. that I'm now back in, yes. in another version of that world, which is... Very um, much so, yeah. Which is extraordinary, actually. Gosh. So I was completely hopeless in Julian's office, but we had so much laughter and fun, and he didn't take life too seriously. right. And I don't think I and my family ever have either. So it's a well. I think humour is is the answer to so many things. You know, if you can get through something, no matter how awful, 
by finding a way to bring in some humour, that really does help so much. It does. I'm thinking mm. watching Peter Sellers' films still make me cry with laughter. They're so simple. The outtakes from his films, too, are just... It's impossible not to cry with laughter watching him giggling, because he was a giggler, and he, he kept breaking up when he shouldn't, which is, <laughs> which is quite good to know, really. That is very good to know, because yes. very important. So looking back, you obviously began Starlight, which I mean, would you regard that as perhaps one of the most important things you've, you've done in your life? Well, there's your children. I mustn't forget your children. But, yes, I mean, in terms of, of, of being useful, which is always my ambition and always has been, I think to have been able to use my career for something like Starlight, it mm. makes more sense of my career for a start. You know, because acting is a very frivolous, really, sort of way to, to spend your time. It's very silly. Very, even when you're doing something really dramatic, it still, it still feels very silly. But I think it's very entertaining. It takes us into a world apart. And, and interestingly enough, the COVID pandemic yep. has proven that entertainment is, there's no shame in that. In mm -hmm. fact, it's a very, very useful Tool. But think of ENSA in World War Two, Emma, yes, because yes, that was yes. the same principle. What brings us together? What is a relief? Yes. And no, I it think, is important. And it, I think in COVID it was. It's just we've watched everything now, so we need something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but certainly I wasn't, I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't yes. hands-on helping people. And yet through Starlight, I do feel that I've been able to make use of a very lucky career because acting is all about luck you know there's so many people who want to be in that business and and so many talented people so many beautiful talented people and the ones who end up making a career out of it and supporting themselves with their acting is so so uh, a rarefied group and to get into that it's 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 luck it's it's if Aaron Spelling's daughter happens to watch you on one show and want to bring you in you know it's that sort of really weird fluky kind of of happening that that gives you a break so there's a lot of survivor's guilt if you're a success as an actor or an actress you know if there isn't there should be because if you don't realize that luck is the main reason why you're there then then it means you're not thinking very carefully about it so it definitely has helped that's interesting because i think the word survivor's guilt is also applied to you know you think why why my brother why yes, not me and why yes and it's very hard to live with that sometimes but exactly because to have seen your sibling die is something that that makes you see life and death and religion and mm. all of those things in a very different way so yes i'm sure there was a part of that too and that different skill sets you need to somehow paper over it and yes you you're left with the scars yeah but you can deal with the scars it's just trying not to open it all up again isn't it which is the interesting thing but also my, my uh, other brother who because i had a sister and a brother left after my brother jamie died my little brother used to say look you know you've still got a sister you've even still got a brother but i but i haven't so i became a bit of a tomboy just so I could play with him. Mm. So he still had, not a brother anymore, but at least somebody who would play with the cars mm. and the sort of boy things. And that, I'm sure, was what you were saying, was you know, mm. a bit of my first acting job, really, was pretending that I was interested in all the things that, that my little brother was interested in, just so as he had someone to play with still. But it's all those many small acts of kindnesses which mark us all out and make for a better society, which we're trying to find, I think, today sometimes and perhaps are the things we should look for, but that's a little bit more serious. So it's fascinating, Emma, your career has brought such laughter and yet at the heart has made such a contribution to 
people in desperate hours of need, which is some of the families who come here to talk about it, to try to put that understanding across to the other people in the room who may not have come across that, and I hope they haven't. And I hope they never do, yes. It's talking to the parents now when I visit a a, Mm. a children's hospital. As a parent myself, it is so hard to imagine what they're going through. Are your children involved in it at all? Do they They have? I I used to force them to come in to volunteer, but not in the fun, exciting events like the one here, but the the boring things. Because, you know, charity work is is, is both fun, but also there's a lot of drudgery involved. Mm. You have to do the filing still. You have to stick the... My son's specialty was sticking the labels onto the collection boxes and... He would make this enormous pile of this pyramid of collection boxes that he'd stuck the labels on. And I got my daughter involved with it. You know, she would have to do filing because it was really important for them to know that though they saw me doing a lot of really fun and exciting, meeting interesting people, that mm. actually, if you don't do the basic, the office work, the, 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 those mm. things, you, to run a charity is very... If you're taking people's donations, you have to do a good job. You have mm. to do it properly and you have to honour their hard work that they've done to raise the money to give to you you have to especially these days be so diligent and i'm happy to say that you know now that charity work philanthropy is not just a hobby for some people it's a proper career and there are we have at starlight experts Mm. people who know how to run a charity people who do it properly And for me, that's that's I'm in awe of how they managed to to honour the people's mm. donations, people who have donated their time and money. Because well, it matters to someone to... who's holding it because I want to know that the money that is being raised is actually going. I completely understand you need good administrative office yes. at the centre in order to maximise the donations yes. and the distribution of them. But if that's not there, I probably you wouldn't step be interested away in, in from the charity. And rightly so. That is so. It has to be so done properly. It. It's one of the things that I'm so thrilled about is that Starlight has recently become very much sort of the leaders into the research of what play means to children, mm. especially children who are hospitalised, and how much the power of play can help with the healing. If, if a child is in hospital and is traumatised by that, they're not going to get better as, as quickly as if they come there knowing there are friendly people, there are things to do, there are still happy times even when they're there. And it's a happy place. Yes. It has to be a happy place. Yes. And Starlight is one of the leaders now in that whole new field of mm. the importance, the right that children have to play even when they're in hospital. Mm. No, it does help them. It's the interaction... Funny enough, this was a hospital here during World War One. Yes. And Almina tried to heal people in, in body, but also in spirit. So all the nurses, although these were adults, these were grown men Very in their times of need. Ones. But they would play Scrabble, they'd write letters, they'd read to them, mm. so interact with them. And yes. that's what has sometimes is missing. And that's what is a huge help in order to, again, heal people, which is what... Amina did so it is a good story and it's an adult version of unwinding and expressing themselves when they most need it you wrote a so, book about that I did I'm gonna have to read that no I'm sure. to give it to you it's the first book I wrote right. about an extraordinary lady who again you know made such a contribution to other people's lives their husbands their brothers and sons and tried to make them better Yes, in, so, in in different ways that maybe weren't at that time. Well, there was an operating theatre here Gosh. and a radiology. She was extraordinary. Cleanliness. Mm-hmm. But then you just read about 
the scrabble, the yeah. reading, the sitting outside, the taking time. And she and her husband would go around chatting to them, chatting to the patients in all the beautiful Amazing. bedrooms here. Because that kind of helps. Yes, it definitely helps. So, Emma, if I can ask you, in terms of acting, is there some new role that you're looking forward to that you can talk about? At the moment, I've been rather sort of distracted by, I've been, been fixing up, this is not anything to do with acting, no. um, but I've been fixing up the coach house at my home in the Cotswolds. And that's been quite all-encompassing, actually. Yes. I've loved every minute of it. But now there's talk of me doing some sort of programme to do with interior design because I absolutely love bringing together all recycled furniture, mm. all things that people have used before and, and don't want anymore, and making a beautiful home, an environment for people that where they feel comfortable but also is, is visually pleasing. So that's a, a possibility of something that I might be doing in America, which is which is hosting a, a well, design programme. Because that's all I do here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just always recycling and upcycling, yes. which I thoroughly enjoy. I'm just in the midst of doing one sweep. And I've actually just started in the top floor of the castle where I'm redoing a bedroom in memory of my mother-in-law who's from Wyoming. I spend some time trying to think about what I'm trying to do with it. Yes. and how to make something lovely yes. and then have started checking the roof out which obviously needs to be done Oh God! but then I've found that the roof is apparently in pretty good nick thank goodness and it's made this particular room it's about this size of recycled ship's timbers oh my goodness I find that amazing yes. but it's fantastic nick and it's wonderful so that I was very encouraged by that but unexpectedly, the floor's got to come up because it's full of woodworm. Oh, so, no. so, so that was the unexpected bit, but underneath it, it's just the top part of it. So that's quite good. But I love the idea that in 1855, when they were rebuilding it from top of the Georgian house, yes. which was on top of the Tudor house, on top of the medieval palace, on top of the Anglo-Saxon house. So I've been here since 749 AD, just very good anti-wrinkle <laughs> cream. But that they were using... They were reusing Reci things. Recycle ship's timbers because yes. ships were being less made out of wood and that's what they were using. Phenomenal. Wow. I mean, our ancestors were so clever. Yeah. And here in this house, you're just borrowing something from somewhere, repainting it, restuffing it, repositioning right. it. Right. And off I go again. So um, I'm so, always doing up cottages. Right. So I've usually got two or three on the go and each time try to improve it. So I completely agree. I love creating spaces that make people happy yes that's exactly the words for it it's it is very rewarding and you know that it's going to last you know for me a film is that I've been in is over in an hour and a half whereas if I leave behind a really lovely space for people then you think well that might get more than an hour and a half of pleasure hopefully you know mm. it will be be around like that for a good few years and I just went into a house I've done some time ago because there's a new tenant who I, who I think I like very much, so they're going to take it. And I, I meet everybody and try to figure out what makes them happy rather than anything else. And I was actually chuffed because, very English word, because the, it, I'd created a big open plan kitchen area and a little um, patio outside with for coffee in the morning, very important for me, my coffee. <laughs> and then another place for coffee. And actually, I was really... I go in there quite nervously thinking, what do I have to do? Is the bill going to be huge? Mm. To actually find, oh, it was quite good, actually. That <laughs> is going to come forwards again. So it, it's amazing. So that's the other side also of what I do. It's really plumbers, electricians and yes. 
roofers who were on my little book. So that's, that sounds fun. I'll be watching it to get some tips from you. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen or not. Mm. Of course, there's Hollywood's famous for its, you know, oh, let's do a program. And then you have to go through this massive mm. process of selling it and people buying it and then distributing it. And it's all very complicated. By the time they've finished with it, the network, it probably won't even be a design show anymore. It'll have taken off in some other direction. But I am determined to just communicate to people that actually, if you reuse things, it's better for the environment. And actually, you end up with something that's unique and, and going to be much more personal to you. Well, it's recycling, and I'm yes. so often repainting old furniture in, yes. in, in funky colours. Yes, I, I love, love doing that. And I've just painted a very boring pine cupboard, but the back is a, quite a bright yellowy colour, and the outside is a teal colour. And it just looks lovely. such fun. Yes, colour is so influential in, in our moods. That sounds amazing. And, and perhaps lastly, I can ask you, so what are your wishes and dreams for Starlight? Have you got a sort of five and ten year plan? I mean, the plan is, is to make sure that every child who is both hospitalised and then when they're recovering afterwards mm. have access to as much uh, support for the play that they need. That's our specialty. That's what our goal is, is to make sure that they can play as much as they deserve to, they have the right to that they, they have the equipment, they have the tools, the encouragement, the support. And are you also taking them on different trips, should they so wish? Well, what we All do those. now is, we t- because we are so concerned about honouring donors' money, yep. is that to send one child and a family to Disneyland is incredibly expensive. expensive. So what we would rather do is send a group on yep. a trip together. So whether it's to Disneyland or, or well, possibly yes, not, yes. we can find ways to give them an equally marvellous experience, but in a way that's going to really reach way more children and their families. And actually, of course, it turns out that if you send a group on a trip or provide a party for a group of children with all kinds of magical entertainment yeah. in it, the bonding that the parents and for the parents go through, too. for them to, to find other adults who are going mm-hmm. through the same experience as them, which is so hard to comprehend yeah. for anybody who isn't going through that experience of having a very unwell child. There's more value to doing yes. these events in a, in, a, in a more of a group way, and it's a much better use of the, the funds that we are so privileged to have been given. Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. I've loved welcoming you here. And for all of you listening, please do go to the Starlight website, which is starlight.org.uk. You can also find it in Australia. So please go online and see the extraordinary work they do. And of course, in America. And I know quite a few of you in America love dynasty and downton abbey (laughs) and general hospital yes (laughs) and now please go and have a look at starlight it does an extraordinary amount of amazing work at the moment of greatest need for families and children so thank you emma thank you for having me this has been an absolute thrill thank you emma so much And just to remind you, please do subscribe to this podcast. Then you can have it every time it comes out.